0: Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. I've been doing research now for about 20 years looking at socioeconomic status, which is defined by parents' educational attainment, their family income, and occupation. And it ends up being that the occupation doesn't have a strong effect unless you're unemployed, which obviously it it has an impact. But parents' education, attainment, and income seem to be the two socioeconomic status indicators that really have an influence on, on the home environment, so the environment of parenting and child development. And my research has shown there's been a lot of people who've looked at income and certainly in the case of not having income, there's a dramatic influence of having additional income, positive influence. But for achievement specifically and across the population, parents' educational attainment seems to have the strongest relation with the type of activities parents are doing in the home. Are they reading to their child? Are they playing games with their child? Are they showing warmth and intent to their child? So when the child has issues, are they responding? Are they being warm and responsive to their child? And more so than income. So education, parents' educational attainment seems to have an influence. Income does as well. So it's not an either-or situation. They often work in tandem. But interestingly enough, across the population, a lot of people think that income and parents' educational attainment are really highly related to each other, but they're actually not. So you have people in lower income groups with higher educational levels and people with higher educational levels with lower income, as an aside, is a lot of the professors that teach. But it really is interesting to see how education drives kind of achievement is through these activities that parents are doing with kids in the home. So pretty early on, and we see these influences around two and a half years of age, which is at the time of language development. So we hear kids using their first words about two years of age, two and a half years of age. And already we can see children uh, with parents with higher education forming and saying more words than those with lower education. That just continues forward into their education. So I have a paper that shows at school entry, it looks at achievement gap, that the differences in both math and reading are evident at school entry. Very little of the population catches up, so actually gets to grade level or above to the highest achievers, and instead they just stay the same. So the the socioeconomic status impact really is happening prior to entry to school, and then schools just hold those differences parallel across, we have data all the way through graduation and into college, showing those achievement gaps sustained since kindergarten. And we currently have a paper that shows we can actually predict from kids' achievement at 54 months to who eventually matriculates into college. So it's that stable of an influence on achievement outcomes, including things like college attendance. Parents with higher education are doing a lot more, what we call cognitive stimulating activities in the home. So they're reading to their kids. They're setting up puzzles for them to figure out. I often hear parents just to entertain their kids, asking them to count stairs up and then stairs down. So they're doing a lot of like adding, counting, and then adding, subtracting, just in play. So a lot of activity in play. When they transition into school, There's a difference in kids being able to come to the home environment and having parents that can help them supplement the homework from school. So sometimes it's directly working with them on homework. Other times it's taking them to activities like museums or libraries or other stimulating events that are giving them additional information. And parents that are more highly educated, and I'm not talking more highly than a bachelor's degree, so a bachelor's education you see all of these activities, you see parents reporting them frequently and daily of these kind of stimulation activities, including putting their kids in after-school programs that are more academically oriented, as well as sports, but they're they're doing both after school. And again, just having a parent at home that can be a teacher themselves, that can help a kid with any information coming home, or parents being aware that they see their kids struggling and getting assistance with that struggling, these kids just perform better overall. And you you just see, if, if you ask sometimes kids uh, in the higher socioeconomic status groups to list out the activities they've done, these are lists of things that they're doing. Not one thing they're doing, but list of activities they're doing. For me, when I I talk about when does socioeconomic status really present itself, it's in things like homework. So sending homework that there's potentially some expectation that there's a parent at home that can be helpful in doing this. Very similar to the situation right now that now I know that my colleagues uh, have set times for their kids to do schoolwork. They're actually talking about the fact that they are actively homeschooling their children as as well as doing the school related activities that are coming through the the public and private schools. But other kids don't have that. They, They don't necessarily, a lot of their parents may be essential workers and are not even at home. So the kids are at home by themselves. If the parents are home, these may not be activities that they usually do with their children. And so they're probably not doing them with their children. So even if the kids are getting on the computer and doing schoolwork, if they have problems, there's not necessarily a person there that can help them solve that problem. So it'll just continue forward for them not to know the answer. There was a paper just came out that was from the NWEA, which a lot of people in the state of Michigan will know as the MAP test, which is given three times a year in the schools. They were studying what is a well-known phenomenon called the summer achievement gap, where kids who go to cognitively stimulating camps or do other types of stuff, they start school. Everybody goes down in achievement over the summer, but that group rebounds quickly whereas the groups who have had no stimulation over the summer actually kind of remain low and have a a harder time kind of coming back up to grade level. And they're already seeing that during this time. They can already, they've been tracking the test differences, and they're already starting to see these gaps that would normally be a summer gap starting to show up now with kids being out of school. And I think the concern is that the normative summer gap that we would see might actually be quite larger by the time the kids go back in the fall. So if we are going to be back face-to-face and not remote in the fall, and we don't know yet how that's going to go, there are going to be kids that are going to need a lot more resources in order to come back to grade level than there has been in the past. And I think We'll worry about whether the schools are in a position to do that. But that's mostly this lack of kind of stimulation and additional education that some groups of kids are getting quite a bit of, and other kids are getting close to zero. And along with that, worried about computer access, internet broadband access, all of these are real problems for people that don't have the resources in order to have them and they can't go to libraries. I was surprised at how many people said, you know, oh, go to a library. I'm like, they can't go to, you know, everything is is locked down. So, so it, it really, you know, they might be able to use their phones, but they really don't have the same access that other groups of people have to these resources. And those resource differences are creating what we think are even larger gaps than we've seen before. So this responsiveness, this idea that a parent can look at a child and see when there's a need and then fulfill that need, that also is looks different by socioeconomic status. And part of this also just relates to how people think about who they are as parents. Not everyone believes that, and I'm I'm, and I don't think these are bad beliefs. It's just that some people are are very what we call child center. So they're going to do everything they can to make sure their child is doing well. And in other groups, they think about things like, you know, adults do what adults do and kids do what kids do. And that's not really the role of the parent to kind of be the playmate of the child or be the one who's teaching the child. In some countries, it's not the parent's role to be the primary teacher. That's what the teaching role is for. And so there are just kind of cultural differences on how people think about parenting. And in those situations, in a country like the United States, we depend on what we call informal education from the parent to supplement formal education. And if children aren't getting that in the home environment, if they're not getting this kind of informal responsiveness relationship with the kid, or that's just not something that's particularly valued, then we'll see some differences that are coming out in achievement tests and also just relationships between the parent and kid, trustfulness and who they would rely on to get that kind of information. Unfortunately, we've gone through weeks of many kids not being able to connect to their school or to the internet to get lesson plans or activities they can do. I think for parents who are have children at home, trying to think about ways to get books, and even that could be something the community also provides by sanitizing and re- providing some easy access to books. their community because they can't get them through the libraries. The libraries have tried to make things available, but again, it's reliant. We're all quite reliant on having a broadband access. And for people who have paid for broadband service, they know how expensive it is. So you can imagine if you are currently without a job or you don't have the money, it's quite difficult to keep these internet connections. And so I think it is going to have to be how can schools, the public schools, provide for these Families that they know don't have the same resources. So I think we are quite dependent on the internet, and a lot of people are utilizing that very well. But there are groups of people that don't have access to the internet. I I can say I have very good broadband service, but mine goes in and out. Everyone currently is on the internet, and so it's not stable even for those of us who have pretty good internet. And if you have pretty poor or none at all, then you can imagine you're kind of you're, you're disconnected from every resource you have. So I think that there is going to have to be some, especially if we're going to continue the secure and in place, some thoughts about how do we deliver information to the parents. Right now, I think it's going through the informal connections that parents have. And I think it's going to have to continue. And to the extent that the rest of us could help fill in some of that, like, providing some kind of resources, workbooks, books to read, interactions, activities. There are people sharing a lot of activities they're doing, just going out on the sidewalk and doing sidewalk chalk, having people do counting, putting up little stories on the sidewalks. Just even those type of things are helpful for kids. Learning or counting or just kind of the basic skills. For older kids, I think they're also struggling, obviously, same problems. Trying to figure out, again, how to get around the need to have internet is probably one of the biggest issues. And I I know that it hasn't been solved yet. Everyone's trying to figure it out. But because of the quickness of having to do all of this, we just didn't have things in place. On the positive side, if we do figure this out, this may be something that can always be supplemented, even after we're, we're past this crisis. That might be useful in general going forward, because this is a problem even without the current crisis we're dealing with. So if we do figure out a way of getting around how people can get access to educational materials, not on the Internet, then we'll have solved a bigger problem that we have in our community. I want everyone to know that all parents try very hard. I think every parent really wants their child to be successful. And I think it really is up to the researchers and the, and, and the school community to try to help figure out how to help them be successful with their kids as well. We're expecting that what's already pretty substantial socioeconomic status achievement gaps in this country. So we're already dealing with those. We think those are going to increase with unemployment, income instability. With that comes also people not going we, we already know this is a potential problem, people not going on and getting college education. So we could be kind of living through a whole series of changes in people's socioeconomic status related to this and that will as we've seen in the past have a big impact on children's achievement and achievement in general and the type of opportunities that are available for people to take advantage of going to community college, going to four-year college, getting any kind of additional training. So it'll be something we have to keep a watch on. And I think our expectation is that we're going to have quite a bit to deal with regarding this until things, well, if we get back to normal, we still have an achievement gap, but hoping that we can reduce at least the one created by this particular crisis but it will be something to be watchful for for a while. And I, unfortunately, I think the schools are going to be the first ones to have to see this in the fall and, and kind of dealing with what it meant to have kids out of formal schooling for so long. Even the kids that are getting extra help at home, those parents are struggling as well. And so I think it's, it's going to be something to really assess again this fall and next winter 2021. And it it will take a while for us, I think, to kind of get past the issues that we're dealing with with education because of the virus. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag umichimpact.